Hello and welcome back to RTFD, Tales of Piracy. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nick Smith. And joining me as always, we have Todd Blackburn. Our Slayer here. And crewmates, to right turn, forward, and then down. Max Garner. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, Max Garner, I am playing Golan, the Bard, as always. And we must be wary of these reptilian tyrants flaying dumbasses. Oh. oh, isn't that the conspiracy that basically the government is reptile people? That's like that's a that way is. of saying that basically. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that they also drank children's blood and you know yeah, sex yeah. traffic children. All, all things that were in my shit. mind while saying it. <laughs> and Precisely, gentlemen. Pat Kelly. Deep in the theory. Howdy, folks. Playing Yurte, and return to farming dates. Hmm. Okay. I love dates. I do too. Ah, Yurte. They're delicious. Before we can return to those dates, let's do our recap. Actually, oh yeah. Last time, the crew got to port at Stormshade. You flashed the medallion that Ragnar had given you, and you were escorted to a very specific dock. There, after flashing the medallion some more, you were allowed to just stay there for as long as you needed. You then all went off to find his home. You all eventually found the gates to a large castle-like citadel. After speaking to some guards, you were escorted through the courtyard into the main greeting area of the castle. A butler greeted you there and brought you into a throne room that overlooked the desert. There, you guys met King Ragnar Delmerix. Uh, he had thanked you all for saving him and informed you that uh, he was actually out searching for his father, who had went missing along with his crew near the southern uh, continent. And he was out looking for him when you guys found him because he's getting married in two weeks' time. He then asked you guys to be his quote-unquote royal bodyguards or royal defenders, so to speak, and you agreed. He then introduced you to Ralnor, uh, his royal investigator. Uh, then after the meeting, uh, Slayer had went off to inform the crew that they would be staying for two more weeks, and he had also got to sell some of his gems for quite a bit of gold. Uh, Yurtik, Krolten, uh, and Ralnor, and Golan, went to a alchemist to get some things for crafting poisons that they had obtained while on Cormier. And they had also secured some steeds for a day's travel uh, the following day that Yurite was planning. Uh, they then all went to the Proterra Institute of the Arcane, uh, the local magic college in Ogeron. While there, you encountered Erwin, a girl from Golan's past. She informed Golan that everyone missed him back at home and asked if you didn't mind getting drinks with her at a later time so they can catch up and talk fully. Uh, you guys then all met up on the street. Uh, you guys were getting some food when all of a sudden several water elementals burst out of the sewer grates and started just causing an uproar. You guys helped deal with them and afterwards you had discovered hunks of metal with runic carvings. 
uh, into the put into the cores of these elementals. He then met Ragnar for dinner and met uh, not only his wife to be, but also his her apprentice Beth Flatfoot, um, someone that Yurte was actually looking for earlier that day. After a very awkward dinner filled with weird pauses and some co connections you guys aren't quite sure of. Yurte had left the castle entirely, but you guys were given guest rooms inside. Uh, you were escorted there at the end of the night. You all had some really pleasant, wonderful dreams. You know, Golan tried to skip ahead in a book and was shoved out. Uh, Slayer had a hell of a dream about the ship. And Yurte had a, a pleasant conversation, as he does with his sword. But we are now on the next day. You guys all wake up in your respective rooms, Yurte, in the crow's nest. What would you guys like to do? Is there anyone on the ship? Uh, looking down, give me a perception check. 17. 17? You look down and you can see uh, just kind of taking inventory of uh, some of the supplies that you guys still have left is uh, Yorathnu. He's currently just counting the barrels up on the top of the deck that they use for various things like water and stuff. Um, but yeah, you see Yorathnu and uh, Derla doing inventory. Anything specific you'd mm -hmm. like to do? No, uh, I'll just take a quick kind of check through the ship, um, see if like Ella was there at all. If she wasn't there, then if I'll you want to, if you want to go like through the entire ship, yeah. you can. It, if well, if Ella was there, I'm just ask her help just... for like stuff, like a little help with just a quick task for the morning. But Yurte knows that she's stealthy, so uh, get so what was your perception check again? It was seventeen. 17. Uh, yeah, so going throughout the entire ship, if you were to do that, uh, you do find Ella. Uh, she has moved into, um, let's see, what would it be? Yeah, no, she kicked out Biff and Gert, and she is now in that spot where Slayer was. And they are now sleeping in between cannons. Because <laughs> they lost their spots to someone else. <laughs> the issue with, uh, ship ship bed roulette you never know what you're gonna get but anyway you do find ella she and drake are just kind of sitting there uh fussing around with some of her arrows right, uh yurte is just going to uh, approach her and be like uh ella um could i have some just uh either a little help or just some tips how do you uh how do you just stay hidden if you don't want to get seen by uh certain people or person well, she like uh she's kind of like spinning one of the arrows in her hands and she uh she just kind of looks at you well you see I'm really good at hiding in small spaces I mean it's been harder recently but I mean I got like you know a cloak that Zebrath had gotten me but I mean also every now and then I'll have Drake do this and uh Drake kind of like stands up starts walking and she goes ready ready Starts walking backwards. Drake passes by her, kind of obscuring her. And as Drake then keeps going, all of a sudden, she's gone. And then Drake, like, loops around you, walks all the way around, then stops and sits in front of you. 
and just looks at you face to face and then she just like you see a second face pop up above Drake's and then Ella just puts her hands on top of Drake's head I can hide behind him and stuff and you know good with crowds and in case I want to intimidate people yeah I wish I was able to do that right now oh you can intimidate people yeah I meant more like hiding oh yeah I kind of wanted to uh join up with the golden slayer um after last night but I also kind of don't want to be seen um because I know we're leaving around midday, so I don't really want to have to hide on the ship all day, but... Uh, leaving? Where are you going? Uh, we are going to go uh, visit an old uh, stomping ground of mine. Um, just, there's a... Uh, I just need to make a quick visit, so we are going to uh, go out there for a bit, but... Uh, I'm trying to hide from someone I don't want to talk to right now, so... Uh, until I get back, but... Maybe I'll just I'll just wait it out and play it safe. Unless you wouldn't have to probably know where they're going at all, but Listen, I don't think they talked about anywhere yeah. they wanted to go. Because at that point I would have known gonna as well. I was going to say for Slayer, guess one of the bars or possibly maybe a fight ring. I don't know what he does. He likes arm wrestling. Um, Golan, I would say anywhere there's books. Yeah. And neither places I really need to risk going to, so... Yeah. Uh, well... Well, she uh, she kind of like perks up. You can always hang out with me and Drake for a while till you're ready. I think I will. Okay, cool. You want to play a game? Sure. I'm not really Give good at Give me a perception games. check. <laughs> Eight. Okay. Um, now give me a dexterity saving throw with disadvantage. Uh, 14. Um, so as you just go, sure, what game? All of a sudden, you see Ella up in the air, and she poof, kicks you right in the chest with like a drop kick. And you didn't know, but Drake was right behind you, and you get tabletopped by him. And you go tumbling over, and you just hear her say, It's called Find Me. And then you look up and look around, and Drake's just sitting there. No, Ella's not in the room. <laughs> and then you hear echoing, Find me, find me, find me. And then as that happens, we cut over to, uh, let's say, Golan and Slayer. You guys got up, um, and you guys are now sitting at the large table you were at the night before, but this time eating a nice, pleasant breakfast of, you know, eggs, bacon, sausage, pancakes, waffles, full course meal because, you know, the chefs like to go big, and there's a big honkin' dragonborn just eating, like, four plates of pancakes. Which is Ragnar. <laughs> At the end of the table. Yes. Can there be a miniature plate for Nico? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> when you request this uh, later, a lizard folk, like a chameleon, comes over, a uh, tiny plate for Sir Nico, and puts down like a little plate with like two, three bugs on it or something like that. <laughs> he just goes crazy. And he goes, and then start, and then eventually just dives into the actual food and starts eating like sausages and pancakes and things like that. I, uh, Golan, do you know whatever happened to Yurte? Golan's just like gobbling down food right now. This is the kind of food like he grew up with, so he just like gobbling food now because he's like you know back amongst the land and not the sea, and it's just like, oh, Yurte. Hmm. 
Yeah, he really ran out. He seemed pretty upset uh, last night, but um, I'm sure he's safe. Honestly, he's probably just back on the ship, if I have my best guess. What do you think, Slayer? I, uh, you're probably right. Do you think we should go find him? I mean, aren't we leaving soon? I mean, we kind of have to find him. He's leading this trip, and we said we would just go and support. Because yeah. he would know that I'd meet them at the stable. Just oh, you didn't cool. talk to him about any of that. I thought we talked a little bit at the end. Because um, I kind of told him that. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. Cor yeah, yeah. Carlton's there? All right. So, Golan turns to Carlton, actually, and is like, so, do you know anything about where Yurite is? Or do you, yeah, so, I mean, at one point when I was looking for him last night, I caught up to him for like a brief second until I turned around because he pointed out a cool-looking cat, and I realized that was a distraction, but he was already gone afterwards. But anyway, um... Sneaky one. Yeah, no. Super stealthy Yurite. Whew. Anyway, uh, he said he'd meet us at the stables around midday, so... Man, it's getting near there. We should probably leave soon. Slayer, finish your pancakes. I if it's the stables, he has to come here. Nah, he's not gonna come back here, man. We gotta go so, find no, he, him. He's gonna meet us at the stables, though. I mean, I yeah. the stables are just outside. Either way, this place is unavoidable because we have to get the, the things here. So, I so he Shit. does have to have come back eventually. So I think we should just you know wait here, maybe go out do some shopping if we want. Come back, wait for Yurite for noon. Yeah, I would say you guys have probably two and a half, three hours. Okay, yeah. so if that's the plan, um, Ragnar is going to chime in before you guys leave. So, I'm having Ralnor investigate the water elementals and those hunks of silver you brought in. He's taking a group of several of my best uh, rogues, assassins, whatnot. You don't need to worry about it, about it yourselves, but... When you all return from your travels, uh, hopefully he will be ahead in the investigation and you'll be able to help him out what ways you can. I do not want this to disturb my wedding and any of the people coming here for said event. We will have several dignitaries, foreign officials, things of that sort at this wedding, and I do not want it ruined by events of, well, water element. I don't want elementals ruining my wedding. So... If you guys can, when you come back, and when Ralnor has more information, you help him out investigating a bit. I Ragnar, I agree. I don't think we need any elementals disturbing that wedding. I when we get back, we'll make sure we uh we get ahead on the investigation with him. And one more thing, that thing we talked about last night, Captain. I was. Wondering if you had any uh, ideas after your night's rest on what you would like. I, I truly do want to do something for you and your crew, and I think upgrading your ship would be a great way of doing it. Weaponry, sails, your ma new masthead, new new railings on it, new hull plating, what, what have it. I, you did mention being able to sail on sand. Yes, yes. Uh, and he points outside of this large window um, that overlooks a section of the border of Ogron. And you see, off in the distance, is this large building with a series of these... A little bit smaller than what the Huntsman was. Sized ships. Um, all of them on these... You know, like water skimmers for boats? It's like that. Elevating these base platforms and these 
large uh, triangular sails on the top. Usually only one, a couple of them with two. He points, those are the Sun Glider Guild sand boats, or sand gliders as people call them. Um, with my word, I can have their crew begin working on a adjustment to make a normal ship into a sand skimmer. It's something I've been working on, and in fact, I've recently converted my own ship to it, if you look over there. And, like, a little bit off from where that building was is a much larger, almost, like, pirate ship-esque, you know? Yeah. Um, old sailing ship style, but it's on these two large skimmers that just kind of hover with a, uh, like a lightness to it. I, uh, could I put it back in the water after... We would work with you on doing that, yes. Uh, our Coast Watch port is fitted for water-to-land transitions now. So, here you can do it. I don't know about other places. Aye, and I could just go back and forth from water to land here? Here, yes. Aye. If that is what you wish the ship to be upgraded to do. I don't mind having my men work on a uh, attachment for it. I. If you graciously want to gift us, I'll be pleasantly happy with that. Then so be it. I'll have my men start working on it right away. Um, I thank you. So if there's nothing else, uh, you guys... Go on, are you going to go with Slayer to his shopping spree, or is it just going to be you, Slayer? Slayer, as much as I would love to go shopping, we we're going to be here for a while. I honestly feel like we should go look for Yurite. Aye, but we could get supplies for the trip. What supplies do you need? Aye, you never know when you're out shopping. <sighs> Slayer, you always want to keep buying, buying, but I want I, to figure it out. I kind of gesture open my pouch to Golan and show him all the, you know, recently <laughs> gold coins I got. <laughs> I remember those gems I got from that triangle teleporter thing oh my god you sold them i i'm gonna go spend them now that close it back up uh, fine let's go shopping we'll go shopping and then we'll find Yurite at the stable i maybe i'll even buy you something nice <laughs> can't deny that let's go okay so uh why don't you guys give me investigation checks uh Carlton will be with you guys um you know what i'm looking for doesn't know where Yurite is you're looking for an artificer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Roll me investigation. Can I also roll survival to check for uh, if I can find Ella? That would be a uh, perception. I would do it more survival looking for like Marvel. Oh, you're going to try and track her? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Do survival track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am not perceptionally looking for her. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're, you're on your hands and knees like crawling around the cabins of the ship. <laughs> Eleven. Okay. Yeah, you can't find her. <laughs> she gone. She's still looking. Four. Twelve. Uh, so it does take you guys quite a bit of time, like roughly an hour. So half the time you had in waiting time is gone, um, but you eventually do find a small little uh, shop that's set up kind of in, like in between uh, two much larger, like one's a bookstore and the other a uh, butcher shop, and this one shop just shoved in between them, almost like it was built into the alleyway itself. Um, you see something that just says Artificers Association on it with a gear and an A in the center. 
Um, and you know, in your brain, Slayer's just like, oh, that's where it is, duh. An association will know where the artificers are, and you walk up to it. Um, Golan, you're like, up, oh, but Slayer, it's the art, whatever. <laughs> and you guys much. go inside, and what you see is a familiar-looking copper dragonborn uh, working behind the counter. Uh, he has these goggles on that have these mishmash-colored uh, gems on them. He has this dirtied-up, oil-covered lab coat and a tool belt wrapped around it, so it's looks very weird considering the tool belt's on the outside of the lab coat. Um, but he stands at about 6'9 or so. Uh, this is Jirak Jingi Jagar, the copper dragonborn that you guys met on Earfell. Uh, and Jingy. zooming around the shop are three cobalt size automatons. Um, some on wheel tracks, some with uh, two wheels, some with one. Um, and they're just zooming around the shop, each one carrying different trays of various metal uh, objects like springs, nuts, bolts, gears. Um, all around the shop and what have you. And uh, Jingi is currently face down uh, working on something. And you see some arcane sparks fly up into the air. And eventually um, you see that something tugs down on him and he gets his attention and goes, hey, What? Hey, visit it. Oh, hello there. Oh my Hi, matey. You're those... Jingy! Golan, Brightburn, and, uh, oh my god, you're the fellow with the anchor, right? Aye, you did sell me that returner. I, I never forget the weird earth requests. <laughs> Aye, I got another request. Kind of similar. Oh, okay. Well, what is it? Hi, I absolutely love that bracer returner you sold me. Yeah, and... I, I was wondering if I could get one for this, and I pull out my javelin of lightning and put it on the table. Aye, for this device. <laughs> well, it's interesting. In theory, you can, but it might interfere with the one you already have. You see, I have a lot because I can attune to a bunch of different things. Cross-attunement is very rough. Especially when you have a powerful magic item like such. You see, it... It gets a little fishy with when you have multiple. You have to start attuning to them so that, you know, you can't just everything in sight. I, uh, I, I see. My magic's not perfect. I'm, I'm sorry about that, but I have been working on an alternative. Check this out. You know how, you know, you might, like, think you've lost an item, but it's always in a pocket. Well, what if that pocket, I'll tell you, is poof, and like you see a wrench appear in his hand. It's on your wrist. And then poof, it's gone. These, and he snaps off a uh, leather bracer with a uh, intricate arcane sigil on the very uh, top of it. This is a uh, bracer of wrist pocket. You can basically put an item in it. It doesn't have to be the same item every time. But you put an item in it, and it stays there until you bamf it back into your hand. So Larry just looks confused and tries to stick a finger in there. Like you on just it. poke in the bracer. <laughs> That's it. I, uh... 
And how much can you fit in there? This... I don't even know how it works. Just, just one item at a time. But it doesn't have to be the same item at a time. I Could it be heavy or... It can be! Would you feel it? Let me look up the particulars of the spell. So, basically, you're going to be casting the spell Wrist Pocket. So, you flick your wrist, causing one object in your hand to vanish. The object, which only you can be holding and can weigh no more than five pounds, is transported to an extra-dimensional space where it remains for the duration. Upon the, until the spell ends, you can use your action to summon the object to your free hand, and you can use your action to return the object to the extra-dimensional space. Uh, it's still in the pocket plane when the spell ends, it appears in your space at your feet. But since it's perpetually cast on a bracer, it stays in that little pocket dimension. And I've been working and tweaking it to hold up to 15 pounds. It's been very hard to work an enchantment to make it heavier, but it works pretty well, so... It can hold some heavy things. Aye. Anything else you have that's new? Well, um, let's see. I have... A few scrolls, uh, things of that sort. I, uh, I'm not the reading type. <laughs> okay. You okay, never so were a slayer. Jimmy, I've... what kind of scrolls do you have? Well, uh, for one, I have this, uh, scroll of Find the Path. If you know your destination, all you gotta do is cast this, and it will show you the most direct route to your location. I, um, that actually does sound useful. That sounds incredibly useful. Wow, now you do want to read Slayer. <laughs> I am not perfect, okay? Never thought you were, but I, you have potential. I heard scrolls, I just assumed writing. But uh, let me real quick check the back for some more. And for those who enjoy fighting, I have Hi. this. Uh, he, told, he pulls out this black onyx blade. Um, this is a sword of darkness. Can use it cast magical darkness in it that only you can see through um and this he takes out a uh, tower shield with a like the design of like a sound wave on it is a shield of repulsion as a reaction to getting hit you can shove an enemy 15 feet away from you in combat um now for those scrolls for you my friend oh i also have these uh, and he pulls out uh, two potions of greater healing. Puts them down. Um, for scrolls, I have this. Uh, ah, here it is. Scroll of animal friendship. Uh, chill touch. Grease. Identify in case you need to know what an item is on snap. Uh, ray of frost and a snare. I also have this. Uh, on, you might be interested in this. Hmm. This a very interesting instrument. Uh, this fellow came in to sell a while back. Uh, he called it a Fegligan Bandle. Hmm. Um, instrument, he, you say? What's so special about this? Well, he said this one had, like, these very weird, strange spells in it. Uh, he said it had spells such as, like, Fairy Fire, and Let Him Speak With Animals. Um, I can't play it because I'm not a bard, but, um... May I try it? Let's try and play it. 
Yeah. Um, That's. I can only really tell if I want to buy an instrument, but I have to play it first. Sure. Go ahead. So as you go and strum it, give me a wisdom saving throw. Oh. I got a six. Yep. Uh, so as you go to play it, you pluck the first string and it goes ping, and a very violently high-pitched whine just drones in your ear, and you take two points of psychic damage as your brain just starts to really get hurt by this whining and screeching noise, and you think this instrument is terribly out of tune. Do I hear that? No. Okay. It just sounds ding, 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 ding. Like that. Worst th- performance Golan's ever had. I I just kind of put my hand over the strings to silence it. Matey, maybe this instrument not for you. Yeah, it's uh, scratching his ear. It's a little bit out of tune, but it could work. Hi, Jingy. Let's talk business. You've definitely sold me on a few of your items. Well, I mean, I do have a bit more if you're interested. I keep talking. I'm just writing. Hey. I've, been, I've been writing down a wish list. So I have this uh, morning star, and he <laughs> puts it down. Uh, this doesn't let you be surprised, or any of your allies. Keeps you on your toes as long as uh, there are any enemies within 30 feet. Anyone within 30 feet of you can't be surprised. And it's a good alarm clock, too, in case anyone's trying to get at you in your sleep. This one specifically yells really loud. Here, try and surprise me, right? I just kind of reach out. Ah! <laughs> the, the mace just starts screaming as you see a mouth open up on it. Ah! And then it closes. <laughs> Slams it down. I, uh, I think I'll be fine on that. Um, well, I have this uh, scroll of dragon's breath in case you've ever wanted to breathe fire or lightning or anything like one of those dragon boys. I kind of just point over to Crollton. Uh, Crollton. I like I got him for that. Crollton just smiles and <laughs> snorts a little fire. Um. Well, uh, anything in particular you're looking for? I mean, I have this very nice trident too. I uh. Um, and he points over to this uh. Very shiny, well-decorated trident uh, behind his counter that has very intricate designs etched throughout it in runic uh, markings, I guess. Yeah. And what does that trident do? Well, it's just a bit better at hitting and dealing damage when you need to. It's plus. It's a simple plus two weapon. Um, and then I have these gloves. Um, not sure if you'd be interested in them. Uh, they help you swim and climb. Give you a little bit help with uh, athletic checks to do those things, too. Aye, and I just kind of rage and get a gorilla hand. Oh, boy, okay. I'm, uh, actually, that, uh, that map that points you to your favorite thing sounds interesting. How much? Or the oh, scroll. my map. The scroll. Oh, the, uh, scroll for the path, that's 500 gold. It's a very powerful spell, so... I does it work infinitely? It's one use. Unless you have a, you have a wizard that can <laughs> learn it, of course, then I uh, just learn the spell for you. What about the animal friendship scroll? 
Do you automatically just become friends with an animal? Well, it depends on the intelligence of the animal, but it can help. I like a chimera. That one might be a little tricky. I've never heard of anyone testing it out on one. So either they've all died or no one's tried it. <laughs> hey, if you want to do it, who am I to stop you? This is only 100 gold. I fork over 100 gold. Okay, you now have a scroll of uh, animal friendship. I, uh... And that shield. Do I have to hold it and carry it? Yeah, you gotta be using it in combat. Have it right there in front of you. Hey, and how much? That's 300 gold pieces. I'll look over to Carlton. What is his shield like? He has a very dinged up flat round shield that has like a bunch of different claw scratch and like bludgeoning marks on it. It looks like garbage. I look at Carlton. It's got a little some stink lines around it. A little bit of pity in my eyes. I and uh that's for my mate and I pass over 300 gold. Okay. Uh so he gives you the tower shield and you hand it over to Carlton he's oh. Uh, okay. And he like slips it on his, oh Interesting. Uh, hey, Golan, run at me. <laughs> I do it. So you run at him, and the second you hit the shield, all of a sudden you just hear, you feel this concussive force poof, push you back, and you're thrown 15 feet across the store and, and skid a bit onto the ground as you're knocked prone. And then you see one of the uh, the robots on tracks just bumps into you and looks at you. Well, that wasn't fun. Oh, uh, yeah, you get, you get And I just get up, I dust myself off. And... Well, is there anything else I can help you guys I with? And, uh, those wrist pockets, they're interesting. Yeah, I, I'm selling them about 175 gold for one of them. I, uh, I will take one of those. Okay, let me see your wrist. I just need to measure you out. He goes, measures your wrist. And then you see him, uh, so, uh, these should be ready in about two days. Takes me a bit of time to apply the enchantment to braces that fit, so. I, and, uh, I remember last time you did a little magic onto my maul as I pull out my anchor. Oh, yes! Yeah, you, it would normally, like, crack wood and everything, but when you put it down, just, just kind of goes down as, you remember, he has the light property applied to it so it can be wielded with one hand. You said I, 175? Yes. Okay, thank you. I, uh, anything else you could do to it? Well, I mean, I can make it a bit stronger for, like, 500 gold. I Do I have to leave it here with you? I would need time with it, yeah. I would need roughly a day with it, and that's uh, a separate day from working on the wrist pockets for you guys, too, if you end up buying a lot of them. I, uh, not just this. Okay. And I kind of hand it over to him. He takes Lanky. it and spins it in his hand as it is light. And he puts it down to the side. Um, Jingy. Oh, hold on. Before I do that, can I do... Can I investigate, like, the... Uh, the what did you call it? The bandor? The bandor? Oh, yeah. That instrument? Yeah. Can I investigate it? Sure thing. Well, I'm, well, I'm still holding it. Dookie. I got a ten. Uh, it's... Like, how's the wood? Very nice. It's very, very nice. 
It, you would never be able to tell how old it is. Situation. It looks brand new. And it, as you kind of actually listen to some of the strings now, it's not out of tune. You are just, you, you know that trying to play an instrument of the bard without being fully attuned to it can be dangerous at times. And you just kind of forgot in that one moment. And as you listen to the finely tuned strings and everything, ping! Oh, it plays another weird one and throws off your concentration. But I like feel like with more practice. Possibly. Um, it's it's an item you'd have to attune to to get the full scope of it. As I'm holding it, I like kind of like hold it like with my one arm here, and then I take like my uh, my sittern that I've had for so long, mm -hmm. and I uh, I hold it in my other my uh, other hand, and you know the the instruments of the bard, you know, are key to like everything. And in my life, you know, playing instruments was like a, the source of my greatest joy and passion. Besides, like, learning, reading books. But I feel that it's time to move on. And I feel like I've changed recently, and I feel like with that change, I should get a new, inst a new central instrument. And so, uh... I turn to Jingy and I say, Jingy, I would love to buy this beautiful instrument, but I want to. See, I would ask if I can barter with you this also absolutely beautiful instrument, this sittern, which I have played through many, many adventures and, and many different environments. It, uh, it has its own voice, and I think it's worth quite a lot. Uh... Would I be able to maybe, like, give you, like, this Sittern plus, like, some gold for this? Well, uh, that will definitely help change of price. Uh, do you mind if I take a look at it and everything? Oh, absolutely. And I hand, I take my strap off and I hand him. Yep, he uh, looks my over Sittern. the Sittern and everything. Um, and. After a while, he just looks up at you and goes, Okay, here, how about this? I'll take the sitchin off your hands, and we'll say 150 gold for the, uh, the bandle, and we'll even. I couldn't ask for any better. Puts out and his I hand. Shake. Yep, and he takes the sitchin and uh, puts it... He, he goes and hands it to this small little robot on wheels and goes, takes it, zooms away. Like little, tiny little flashes and stuff like that on it. They're very adorable little robots all around. Um, but yeah, now you have the Fohluken uh, Bandor. Uh, the spells specific to it are Entangle, Fairy Fire, Shillelagh, and Speak with Animals. Terrific. <coughs> well, anything else I can help you fellas with? I'd be working on this stuff for you. I Jingy, uh, we might be back in a couple of days. We're going about to go on a trip. Okay, well, I mean, you do have to come back anyway. You got to pick up Yanka and you got to pick up the wrist pockets. So we I... will be back with, I think, someone else who would love to be. 
in this shop. Well, our I friend, hope. our friend Yurite, who we are meeting very soon. Oh, that gold, that other gold fella. Right? I mean, the other one, yes. I think, uh, I think knowing him, he would be very interested in some of the items in this that you are selling, Mister Jingy. Well, I hope he will. Well, anyway, if there's nothing uh, else you all need, uh, I've got to get to work on all of these items that you just gave me. He rubs his hands. Oh, also, I, uh, I get to build myself a full arm and leg, so I do have quite a bit of work. So if it's not ready in time, I'm very sorry. I got hit with two very important jobs the other day, and I don't want to mess them up. They were very scary people who came in. Ooh, who were they? This very, very intimidatingly tall tiefling woman with uh, tusks and a metal horn and this one-armed dwarf and a one-legged goblin all came in. I was scared. They looked like pirates to me, but uh, played it cool. Played it cool as Jingi always does. I, uh... What do you... I kind of whisper, you, I whisper over yeah. the goblin. I, uh... I see Zebrath being scary, but Biffingert... No, he would be afraid by Biffing Kurt. I. When you look at Jingy, you see, and the only term I can think that comes right to mind is soy boy. He's a scrawny dude. He does not look intimidating. He looks like. He looks like the person, the type, like. He looks like the kind of guy that Slayer would shove into a locker in high school. <laughs> like. I, uh. Make sure you stay safe and clear of all those pirates. They're um, really just... After that experience on that island, I don't ever want to be dealing with pirates for too long, ever again. Whew. I, uh, I don't blame you. <laughs> that pirate island is quite fun. Yeah, why were, Why was it that you guys were there? I, uh, oh, yeah, why were that's we a, there, That's Slayer. a great question. Uh, a great question. Carlton, uh... <laughs> Colton, isn't, yeah. it, isn't it time we have to go meet the king? Oh, we have to meet oh Yurite. My God, yeah. yeah. Oh, we need to get... Sir, thank you should for go. the shield. Hey, hey, we Jenny, we'll be back. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> As you guys do, like, this very quick exit and walk out, uh, he's just like, but, oh, oh, okay, whatever. And you guys leave the shop and make your way back over to the Citadel of Bronze. Uh, in the meantime, Yurite, you start making your way over. Um, you do get there before these guys are actually a little bit late, as uh, the walk back does take a bit of time. Um, Yurite, you get to the stables and you see a... Working today is a pig shifter. They have a very flat nose and these flopped over ears. And they're uh, just scooping some hay right now. And you uh, walk in and approach. Uh, what would you like to do as you wait? Um, I'm just going to walk up, so I approach. <clears throat> Hello there, friend. Oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Scooping some hay and barley. Uh, it's going uh, pretty good. Um, I put in a uh, order to have access to some uh, steeds um, yesterday. Oh, that was you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a couple Draco steeds set aside for you. Uh, how many was it again? It was uh, four or five you needed? Uh, I believe so. I wasn't sure completely, but I know we definitely need at least four. Okay, well, we, we set aside five just to be sure. The king was very specific to make sure you got you everything you needed. Uh, but yeah, we set aside uh, two bronze Draco steeds, a copper, and two brass for you. So, up to you on which one you want. Uh, well, thank you. I will uh, 
I'll wait for my uh, companions to arrive, and then we'll decide. Well, they'll be here waiting for you. Whenever you're ready, just hop on them and take them out. Uh, and do be warned, they have a kick to them, both literally and metaphorically. And he kind of, like, turns around, and you see, like, a, uh... It's not, like, quite like a hoof. Like a, like a horseshoe print on the side of his head. It looks similar to a horseshoe print, but it's the, uh, the print of a Draco steed. Just very... S- very clearly cemented into the side of his head. He pissed one off a while ago. Thank you for the uh, heads up. I will. Uh, I will also let my uh, my friends know when they come. Good. I don't need any damn more complaints about anyone getting their heads kicked in here. Getting asking for workers comp and all that bullshit. Um, he goes off and keeps working around the stables, and eventually you guys do end up finding Yurite in the stable, just waiting next to some Draco steeds. Kind of just, you know, sulking in the corner. <laughs> Aye, Yurte, there you are. Ah. I'm so glad we found you. Well, in all honesty, I probably wouldn't have been that hard to find. That's what I was saying, I, Slayer. I, but, no, 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 no. But it worked out, and we found you. Were yep. you at the ship? <laughs> kind of looks down, looks around. Yeah. I know, Jim Ritter Gold. Do you owe me money? Did we make a bet? I we did not bet on oh. it, but you were right. But you would owe me money, because I was right. I knew you were at the ship. Aye, well, Perfect. I was safe, so we were good. Anyway, yeah, can we get I was on our way? keeping an eye on him and walking out from behind your taze, Ella. <laughs> I've been trailing this dude all day. Can't see shit. Anyway, I'm going to go now. I was just seeing how long I could keep this up for. Yeah, I agreed to play a game, and I honestly probably gave up halfway. Ella? Uh, yeah. Because I'm I level with her right now, also, aren't I? Yeah. Also, she's uh, my height. She is not in disguise. She's full blown. Uncl- like she is uncloaked, made herself revealed, like out in the open. Ella, you're literally. I'm looking you right in the eye. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I've gotten. A, I've hit my growth spurt, as Zebreth likes to say. I, uh, Ella, shouldn't you be disguised? Uh, yeah, she like taps one of the tattoos on her arms and you see her skin shift to a lighter green color. Her hair turns into this like uh, faded blue um, and her ears just shrink down to half elf size. Better. I... She, she looks like sea elf version of Ella, basically. In um, in Sylvan, I uh, I say to her, the disguise is nice, but I'm glad that you you want to wear yourself proudly as the as the wonderful elf woman you're becoming. Well, I mean, thank you. Uh, yeah, I in all honestly, I was just so hidden, I I didn't think it was necessary, but thank you. I'm glad that you know you're not like Zebreth. She wants me to be hidden all the time. Is this Live your best life. Live your best life. Live free and live proud and live live that way for life. I like that. It's what I live by. She, you see her get a very thoughtful look on her face. And anyway, I'm I just I was just following Yurite. She goes to common now. I was just following Yurite for shits and giggles. So I'm gonna go with Drake to go get some food and everything.
I'd be safe, Ella. Have fun, little one. You know it. She hops onto Drake's back and they go galloping off. Hi, Yurite. Has she been on your back the whole time? You hear a guard just go, hey, how'd she get in here? I'm gonna be honest. I agreed to play a game. She distracted me, disappeared. I looked a bit, then I realized I'm never gonna find her. So I've kind of just been, you know, acting like I was gonna find her, and then I just went on my way. I, yeah. I'd probably do the same, honestly. I felt like I was being followed, but, eh. I kind of have that feeling a lot, so. Well, uh, shouldn't we get up, get along, along with it then? Isn't it time to leave? Yes, very much. We are uh, a little bit late as he looks up and the sun is a little bit past him. It's half a degree past what he wants it to be. <laughs> I say we go. I, uh, I was just uh, told that uh, just be careful with the uh, mounts. They're, uh, they got a kick to them. I, uh. Animals love me as I approach one and try to pet it. Give me an animal handling. Eleven. Okay. So you go... Uh, which one are you walking up to? What color? The which copper. Copper? You walk up to one of the copper ones and you put your hand out. And uh, the copper ones have the... Let me describe the Draco seeds a bit more to you guys. So, what you see standing before you are about eight feet tall from hoof to head, and about, let's say, seven to ten feet uh, nose to ass. They are very large creatures. They have the physique of horses, only they have six legs. Two sets of hind legs that are basically an, an extra set uh, attached just above where the other are, and then a little bit further up to the second or the uh, third set of legs up in the front. And as it goes up to where the normal horse head would be, instead you have this long neck that leads to a large draconic head uh, reflecting that of the dragon they are colored after. And they have these metallic shine scales. Each one adorned in these beautiful, well-made saddles with uh, thick saddle, saddle, thick saddle bags uh, to the side. Uh, and you, as you approach the copper one, it just goes, and your hand jerks away before you could touch it, pet it, whatever. And it seems to be giving you like the side eye. <laughs> Can I approach a different one? Are they all like that. Uh, once one is a little uncomfortable, another one reacts and, like, snaps at it to get it to quiet down. Uh, but you approach another one. Give me another animal handling check. Also, I've been at... Ooh, 21. Okay, so you approach the other copper one, the one that snapped at this one, and you put your hand forward and it snorts and... <sighs> brings its head forward and places its snout into your hands. This one is yours. I see your te. I told you animals love me. After almost losing a hand. <laughs> hmm, yeah. What was the one that was just a single kind again? Uh, brass. brass. I will approach the brass one. Uh, kind of just hold out my hand in front of it, and then in Draconic, just kind of say to it quietly, will you help me get to where I need to go? Uh, give me animal handling with advantage. I have a out of game. 
question. Yes. Would Copper Dragon's patina, if left outside, you know? Like... No. It's magic. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get? Five. Five. Uh, yeah, you go up to the brass one, and um, this one just turns. <laughs> it seems very, like, a little bit mangier than the other ones. It's thinner. Can I growl back at it? <laughs> oh. Give me an intimidation check, then. <laughs> Oh my god. No, 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 no. He just rolled five three times in a row. Three fives in a row? Yeah. Oof. Oh my god. That's <laughs> right. dice. Do you wait, have the dice wait, jail? No, Where's I'm not, the I'm dice jail? Yep. Give me a sec. Wait a minute. We, we, got, we got things to fix this. Alright, we're taking the five. <laughs> no, actually, it would be ten, but. <laughs> just rolled two. Uh, it, it does back down, but it, it's apprehensive towards you. I will, uh. So is copper brass. And two bronze. Now, head over to a bronze one. Yep. Uh, so you try the same thing. Give me another animal handling check. Seventeen. Yep. The bronze ones are much more composed, and all you do is walk up to it, and it <sighs> bends down a little bit to let you on. I'm gonna go to the one that your taste started with. The brass one. Okay. Give me yeah. animal handling with disadvantage, as this one has been spooked. Uh, 15. Okay. You go up to it, and though it's spooky, you go, oh, it's okay. And it goes, and gets close to you and, like, snuggles up to your side. Um, I turn to Slayer and I say, animals, you think animals love you? Animals love me. Real quick. Probably just thought you'd be easier to carry. You see Kroll 10 walk up to the other bronze one and goes... <laughs> and immediately drops down without another word and he gets on top of it and just <laughs> raises up to it <laughs> snorts and when it does a little bit of like lightning kind of <laughs> trickles around its body Quilton got a nat 20 on animal <laughs> <laughs> that's funny I, he has a plus zero and he pulled a nat 20 on this <laughs> and he goes how did I do that anyway oh sir uh, I guess we're ready to go out if we are ready we are ready. Slayer. Aye, let's go. Where are we actually uh, headed? Just uh, I say we follow, follow me. Jinx. Okay, <laughs> so... You guys begin your trek through the dunes of Alae. The dunes, the desert that makes up most of the territory of Ogeron, the, the kingdom itself. It is a treacherous land full of bandits on sand skimmers and creatures that burrow beneath the earth. And as you guys gallop your way through the hot desert sun, I'm going to need a survival trek from Yurte as you are leading this trek, and I'm going to need a constitution saving throw from everyone after your first hour of travel, as you are under extreme heat right now. Oof. Constitution checks or constitution saving, saving throws? Bet. Okay, so what'd you get for the survival check? 21. 21, okay. This is a track you know, so you guys are, you don't need to worry about that. It's uh, constitution. 23. Okay, constitution. 8. 
Okay. 16. You guys are all good. As the f it is extremely hot in Golan, you're not expecting the heat to get to you as much as it is, but as you are traveling and you're on horseback, the dry winds are starting to dry out your mouth and everything, and like you're taking out that decanter of water you have and just using it all the time. Oh constantly. yeah, love that decanter. So as you guys continue into through the first half of your travel, someone roll a d6 for me. Six. Six. Okay. First half of your day's travel is all clear. Nothing but sun and clear travel as you guys continue on your path. But as the second part of the day goes through this, let's see, it will be, this is another, say three hours later, give me another constitution saving throws. You guys have been out in the sun for about four hours now. Throw the same thing. Oh, so close. <laughs> What'd you get? 15. 10. 15. Okay, oh. so. They have the same modifiers. Golan. <laughs> uh, Yurite, you're used to the desert heat. This is fine for you. Slayer, you have your hat on to kind of keep the shade. It is starting to get to you with your thick fur and everything. You see, Curl 10 is doing fine on his Draco steed. Can I pull up my fur and use some of my rope to make a man bun? Yeah, you man bun yourself. Yep, you man bun your mane. Get out uh, of my Golan, face. though, you are under the effects of extreme heat. You have one point of exhaustion. So you have disadvantage on ability checks. Always. Yeah. <laughs> always you that gets these <laughs> effects applied to you. Well, he's not a real hardy man, so you know what happens. Well, he rolls shit on the oh <laughs> uh, do you have your cloak on right now um yeah never mind as you would feel the heat take over and drag you down you throw your cloak on and it instantly cools you down as it seems anything with fire resistance will help you out in the heat great <laughs> Plus, that means you as well you you don't need to be making checks either Basically, just gonna be Slayer making checks from here on out. Wow. <laughs> um, actually, or if you drank there. water in the past hour. So if you're passing around the decanter as and taking breaks as you travel. Yeah, I have this decanter of endless. It water. will take you a bit longer of we traveling. We never just going. So. Um. So as your take continues I on. Have my own water. It doesn't. Get, it doesn't even matter. Dude. As the second half of the day comes to a close and the sun begins to set, give me another D6 roll. Six. Another clear day of travel. <laughs> These were damaged die folks. <laughs> what the heck? Eventually the sun oh. sets, the blazing heat is no more, and your horses start to slow down naturally as they begin to get tired. Krolten just whispers into his, his like, the side of its head, and he just looks up, Sir, my steed is getting tired. I suggest we stop. Uh, I think it's a good time to stop, too. It's not always good to travel at night. Yes, it's, the moons are beginning to rise and get brighter in the sky. You see many, many stars across this cloudless night. But, what would you guys like to do for camp? Tiny hut. Okay, uh, how many people or things can fit in the tiny hut, and how big is the tiny hut? 
nine creatures. Nine creatures, and it's... Well, I mean, like, not, none of us are large, so that's fine. The Draco Steeds are large. Yeah, they have to carry big boys. Yeah. Uh, mm, I will read it out. Ten foot radius. Nine creatures of medium size or smaller. Yeah, so the Drago Steeds will not be able to go into the hut with you. So what would you like to do with them? Is there anything, like, on the... Is it, like, a smooth hut on the exterior? Yeah. Or, like, it's, 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 a, it's a dome. It's a... Yeah. Ah, I see. Um... Oh. <laughs> I mate. I pull out my, uh, immovable rod. Mm -hmm. I mate. Put their leashes through here as I like put my leash through and hold it, and I kind of mm. offer everyone else to do the same. Ah, uh, that's probably as good of a tether we'll find. So I kind of. I as well. And then I just kind of lay it and put it on the ground with okay, the leashes. And you stuck. Click the button yeah. and it just yeah. doesn't budge. They're stuck there. <laughs> I uh, I kind of pet mine. I be safe tonight, girl. As animal I... handling. Nineteen. <sighs> kind of rests and crouches down a little bit. So you guys all hop into the dome and have yourselves a pleasant night's rest. Can I attune to that? Yes, you can. That is fantastic. I believe... There are eight spells on it, and I can cast oh, yeah. so one, each have, one per day. It's the same one as the sit, same way the sit turn works, right? There, are, do you do it as like so charges? You, yeah. Okay. Um, same way of expending them. Um, it has fly, invisibility, levitate, protection from evil and good, entangle, fairy fire, uh, shillelagh, and speak with animals. Now, shillelagh is a cantrip. Yes. That still uses a charge. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep, that's, that's how fair. it works. That's fair. Um, so, anything you guys would like to do? Yurte, as you wake up early, what would you like to do in these early dawn hours of the night? Coffee, and then for the random time, just kind of just steps outside the dome and kind of just observes the peace of the desert. Okay, um, so, give me coffee roll. Eleven. So, as you step out of the dome and look around, it's still night. Sun has not begun to get close to rising yet. And as you look over into the dunes of Aie, sand swirling around, the familiar sights of your former home for nearly two years. The quiet of the night is broken up by a... <laughs> echoing, breaking the silence of the night. It gives you a spook, but it sounded off far enough off in the distance where you might not have to worry about it. Every now and then, you swear you can feel the sand tremble a little bit, but it dies down quickly. She kind of takes it all in. Yep. Doesn't really do much. Unless something causes him to react. But, morning comes without any issue. And you guys hop onto your Draco Seeds for the second bit of your travel. 
Um, so you're all good with your survival track. I'll say it carries over into today. Give me another d6 roll for the last portion of this travel. Oof. That's a two. Two. So, as you guys are galloping your way through, eventually you see a speck off in the distance along your trail. And as you get closer, it gets larger and larger. And eventually, let me get perception checks to see who notices it first. What'd you get? 16. 22. Nat 20 plus 5. Okay, so, <laughs> Slayer, you're the first one to see That's that dot, that figure off in the distance as you guys get close. Um, you can see that it is this... Sand beaten and covered, dried out, old, crackly turtle, hunched over, walking on a stick. And as you guys get closer and closer and are getting ready to pass, you guys all notice the turtle as well. He falls over into the sands and everything. You guys see this as you approach. This down turtle. If you wish, you can just blow right by him. Your day is leading. You guys notice him first. Yeah, you'd be the first one to notice. Up to you if you say anything. I, uh... Does that fellow need our help? As I, we kind of approach towards it. Uh, Golan uh, slows his steed down, hops off, and goes to help. I'm, I'm not getting off mine. Okay, uh, Krolten also gets off of his steed, and he, as the steed gets a little restless, he goes, <laughs> and it just stops moving. Um, he walks over, um, sir, sir, are you okay? Water, water. Um, very, very painfully groaning. I think he might need water. Um, but I have some on me. Or... Uh, no need. Yeah, you just, you just turn yours <laughs> upside down. Are you just pouring it on him, or...? I'm pouring it, like, on his stomach, and, like... It, like... He's, he's on his stomach right now, so you're just pouring some on his shell and yeah. running down, and he just, like, turns over, oh! Brings out his hand, starts drinking from, like, the thing, and eventually just opens his mouth and starts taking it all in. And as he starts getting soaked with water, you can see the dried-out crinkles on him all just start filling in a little bit. It seems like he's getting a little bit healthier endless oh ooh. thank you oh that was so kind of you you know you're like the sixth person to pass me today I uh I couldn't see you lying on your back like that man had to help you up oh, it was very kind of you I'm I'm Gallen what's your name I'm Golan Oh, legend chain! Gallon, Gallon, whatever And what are you? Uh, I am, I'm Krolten. Nice to meet you, uh, Gallon. And he looks, Gallon looks up at you two on the steeds. I, uh, Slayer, I'm the one who spotted you from afar. And I am your Pleasure to meet you, ah. Uh, I was making my way to Ogaron, and I happened to get a little robbed, and I'm without my things, so. They left me in the desert to wander my way back. I'm, this is about my fourth day of walking. 
It's terrible. Oh, it's those darn maggots. Oh, they, they're going around on their sand skimmers and they're, they're attacking folk just walking through the desert like me and taking what they want. They leave with just enough to survive or take later. I'm sure they were going to find me soon. <laughs> can I have more of that water? And he takes the decanter out of your hand before you can even say anything and starts drinking straight from it. I do nothing. Oh, he finishes drinking his water with a gasp, and he goes, You know, as a, as a thank you, here. He reaches into his satchel, and it's mostly empty, but he takes out this piece of parchment. This, I was making the map of the desert, and he hands you this map. There's some really interesting places I've marked on there, so... Such as what, good sir? Oh, just bits and bobbits that I found. Uh, Open the map, open the map, and you unfurl it, and you see basically it's a very pulled-out image of the Dunes of Ale. You see uh, the two main exit cities, the uh, Sunspot, where you uh, got onto a sand skimmer to Ogron, um, is on there. You see Ogron, and you see uh, another poor African name of... But, um... He points to a X'd out area, somewhat in the northeastern section, about... You can't tell distance-wise, but it seems not too, too far off from Sunspot. Um, this, I found a very interesting monolith there with crazy carvings on it. I don't know what it is, but I marked it, so... What do the, the carvings look like? Uh, he like... Did you get, like, a drawing, or a... No, but um, he starts doodling. I'm going to give him a history track. He just starts scribbling in the sand and goes, uh, I'm no arcanist, but perhaps they were magical? Hmm. We might check it out. Thanks for letting me know. I, uh, I do like strange pillars in the middle of nowhere. There's always a reason for them. Well, everyone's got their interesting hobbies, but uh, that's not the only one. Any points, there are three other markers on here. One in basically, so there's one in the north eastern section, northwestern section, southwest, and southeast. Um, there are one marking per quadrant, so to speak. Hmm. I, uh, I kind of shout out. I matey, is there anything else we could do for you? If any of you have any water you can spare for my last bit of travel. In fact, do you know how far you we are from Ogaron? Seventeen on if Yurte would know how far we are from you, Ogaron. You guys are about a two-day walk. We're about uh about two days travel by foot from Ogaron still. Oh, then can I have some food too? I uh, I pull out some f food and I kind of ride my steed over and I hand it over to Golan. Who hands it directly to Gallon? <laughs> this weird middleman transaction. Yeah, he's goes like laying on. on the ground, I assume. Still, he's he's like hunched over but sitting. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm not, I can't reach yeah, down. Yeah, <laughs> Falls on him. Um, but yeah. he takes the food happily, uh, takes some water. Uh, Kroll then gives him his uh, canteen. And he nods and goes, Well, thank you for stopping. It was very kind of you. I, uh, and one more thing. I kind of hand over, uh, uh, hmm. I hand over a hand axe to him. Just a hand axe. Okay. I, uh, if any more land pirates come by, uh, use this. Oh, okay. You, like, air chops a bunch. I'll keep this in mind. Puts it in his bag at his <laughs> side. Um, but you guys hop back onto your horses and start galloping off into the desert. Yeah, pretty much as we're getting back on, your Tekanhar just starts slowly trotting away. Yep, um, and uh, as you guys go, Golan, you sneak a peek and look back. And you expect to see the dot of Galen walking away, but nothing. He's not there. Not there. And no. you just... Wait, wait. Continue. How far back w would he have been? You look back at, after you guys get a distance of about 200 feet or so, and you would normally see a decent dot. Is it like, is it like flat terrain right now? With minor variation, yeah. Oh, so he... Okay, that... That kind of freaks going out. <laughs> yeah, you look around and you just see like... He was a slow boy. You see some sand just go... Swirl in the foreground. Gallon done tricked us. But you guys continue on the rest of your way. Eventually, you all crest over a sand dune that overlooks a barren, dried up Oasis. Yurte, you recognize this area. You guys get closer, and as you approach, you can see what looks to be the remains of a hamlet. Once with about, let me say, four or five little hovels, now mostly burned down, uh, the largest building being about 50 square feet, um, and the largest of which only has three of the four walls remaining. Half the roof is burned away. And in the center of this hamlet, you see a total of, I believe it is, how many? I need to count here. Eight. Not counting parents in one. Oh, okay. You guys see eight mounds of dirt raised up with these fairly decent sized wooden planks put into the top with what looks to be draconic written on them. And you guys stop your approach in the center of this hamlet. The seeds all kind of stop and rest. Yurte uh, gets off his steed, um, walks over to the mounds on the ground, and kind of just kind of kneels down, kind of in front of them. Um, just kind of sits there for a moment. You can see him taking a few uh, deep breaths, kind of grabs the dirt, kind of let it slide out of his hands. And he stands up, and he. Uh, 
looks at you guys and goes, um, can you guys come over here for a moment? I, uh, I would like to explain myself a bit for, uh, how I acted last night. I, uh, we're all ears here at that. Sure. I, I tie my steed off to some rubble. You, uh, tie off your steeds. Uh, Coral kind of helps get everything ready, and you guys all walk over to this. What now you can see is eight burial sites. Kind of see Yurite kind of just collect himself, one hand kind of digging through his uh, bag of holding. Um, and he looks at uh, Golan and goes, Golan, you've been very open to me since we first met, and I, uh, I'm very appreciative of that. Of course, Yurite. And, uh, Slayer, you're now my captain, and, uh, you were also my first mate and probably the first person that uh, really made me feel welcome on the ship, even though I was just, you know, another crewmate, as you I, would put uh, it. You did used to spend a lot of time cleaning up my fur balls. Aye. <laughs> that I did. But, um, we've been through a lot lately, and, uh, you know, we may have had our disagreements on, uh, how we get things done, but we usually shared a uh, similar end goal. Um, and yes, to me, you two are just mere infants. And I've come to understand that a short life is not always a negative. It allows you to learn what you are meant to do and allows you to have a simpler, more focused view on life. That being said, short lives, you know, aren't always a negative. It's something I'm kind of envious for. I'm around 200 years old, and I've seen so much despair, destruction, and loss to make most creatures question why they live through these events. I was given up as a child, before I can really remember, um, and I was raised by monks in the floating city of Kaltoka. It was there I had my first run-in with demons. I was captured, taken away from my family and friends, and then tortured endlessly. When I was finally freed, I fled to Ogeron, for I was running away from what happened to me, though I couldn't run far enough. It was in Ogeron I became a drunkard, and I tried to drown myself away, along with my misery through booze, and whatever I could get my hands on. And when I finally thought I was going to die on the side of the road, alone, a worthless nobody, a light shined bright in my world of darkness and found me there. A little rabbit shifter, who I eventually found out, was named Phyllis, brought me to her hamlet, uh, well, her family's hamlet, which are these ruins you see around you, as I kind of gesture around. It was here I learned there is more to just life than just suffering. It was here on this very hamlet I learned what it was like to have a family again. But of course, for me, that did not last long.
for two years later, on the exact second anniversary of my arrival on this farm, I had my next running with demons. This time, instead of being taken away from my family, I watched as I was too weak to stop my family being taken away from me. I watched as my family was butchered in front of me. Uh, at this moment, Yurte pulls out a stuffed dragonborn doll. And he goes. And gestures to the grave all the way on the end with kind of the most amount of markings on his plaque of the wood there, or plank. This was Adolf's Flatfoots. He was probably the one I was closest to, and this little innocent, innocent child really brought life and happiness to me while I was here. And he held this doll while he died in my arms. I laid them to rest, gave them some respect, and I set out on my journey to find the strength I needed to make sure this would never, never happen again, and I would have my vengeance. Yet everywhere I've gone, I've been constantly surrounded by death, and I blame myself for it. For everywhere I've been, demons have happened to appear and attack. From Rima, on Pirate Island, Stealing a sister from one of my friends on the crew. Our friend. Squala. And then... At Captain Pitcher's death. Where we saw those demons appear. Whether they were truly involved in it or not. They were still there. And that is not by coincidence. Those times, we have both run into the corrupted entity of greed, who we will probably faithfully see more. And Yurte kinda loses some of his stature at this moment, almost starting to break down. Kinda just leans in a little bit closer to you guys and goes, so I ask you now, not as crewmates, but as friends. Will you help me? No, I should be honest. Would you help us, as I kind of gesture to my sword, will you help us rid this world of their evil, evil presence? And I, uh, I, uh, yeah, uh, as you start to notice, Yurte is now breaking down. And uh, he's just squeezing the doll in his hand, and you see it. You see Yurte's, <clears throat> you see Yurte's knees buckle. Tears begin streaming down his cheeks. Crolton goes over to his side and puts his hand on his back, sir. I do not believe... As we've talked about this, Rima's death is not your fault. Pitcher's death and those demons involved, that's not your fault. Demons are just evil. They hurt because they like it. 
They don't care who it is. Crollton. I would truly believe that, but sadly, in my experiences, I've always tended to feel one presence. And they share that presence. You've seen it. The others have not. Well, I guess you might have, but I was branded by the demons with those presents. Crollton looks at you. Sir, I think it's time to show them. I, uh, I kind of look at Golem thinking he's a little bit crazy right now. Yeah, is it? <laughs> Slayer gives you the Just see, the he's hell? talking about Golan, him and his sword being us. Golan is completely captivated by what he, what Yurite is sharing and it completely ignores what Slayer says. Once he said uh, sword and him and the sword was us, Slayer thought he was a little cuckoo in the head. Do you say anything? No, I just give Golan a little look to see what he's thinking, but that's about all. Golan disregards it. Um, I do, though, want to pull out the playing card and look at it real quick. Okay. Um, just discreetly, if possible. Give me a slight of hand check. <laughs> oh, that's better than I thought it was. Uh, ten. Ten? You guys see him pull it out, but no change to it. I'll put it back. At this kind of time when you're doing that, you see Yurite, you know, he's removed his cloak, kind of lays out, so that way, you know, the back of it is kind of, you can see the embroidering. And you kind of see, you know, hits the straps on his leather chest plate, you know, kind of just plops it off. And you kind of just see him start revealing, you know, just his upper body real fast. And you kind of just see... Among, you know, kind of his face and all that was kind of, you know, just normal dragonborn kind of skin. You start noticing is the more he reveals below his neck is just covered in gashes and scars and gnarly burns and marks. Clearly that of the torture he referenced earlier. And then as he kind of, you know, reveals his back, he turns to you. And you see burned into his scales, ruining where those scales would be is that marking, the same marking you've kind of seen faintly glow every time the demons were by. And you've seen that marking on the demons. Is that marking also on the card? So uh, I would obviously know what it is. This was put on my back a long, long time ago. An excruciating pain. It's savage that they would do that to you. I, uh... I will join you, Yurite. Yurite. And help you slay these demons. Don't take Pitcher's death on you. I... Those deaths were... Not your fault. If if anyone has to blame for that one, it's me. Hi. Uh, thank you, guys. And, uh... It takes real courage to share with us what you have just shared. I, uh... I feel personally honored to have heard it. I one quick question, though. Slayer. Ask away. I, uh... So 
You said your take on a you know holds his hand to Shush Golan. He wants to hear what Slayer has to say. Uh, you said about it. us and uh, gestured to your sword. I uh, I was going to explain more because it needs explaining. But uh, you did say us. Kind of unsheath little lost great on that, and kind of just holds it out, and he goes, "Your weapon." This was a gift from the Shifter family. It was a uh, heirloom they passed down for generations, and uh, it was given to me because the f- well, the father uh, believed that uh, you know I would be able to put it to better use than any rabbit shifter since it was just too big for them. And uh, Slayer, you remember that your cloak that we were hunting? I uh, yes, and the. I pull out the card again. I, uh, and he had it. Yes. Um, well, there are entities around the world um, that are being, well, corrupted. Like your cloak, this sword happens to be one of them. Hence why it could sense its presence. I, uh... What are you saying, Yurite? Well... Hopefully he doesn't hate me for this. But in this sword is the being Harn. He's the entity of wrath. I... You're... You're telling me you have... Wrath in that sword. Well, not wholly, but part of him. I, uh. Am, is very confused. A, and my cloak was pride. Can I do a history check? I, history check. and, uh. I, the cloak did call out for me to find it. And the other ones that appeared, though I do not know what items they were. Were gluttony and greed. All vices of mortals. 19 on history. Okay. These were uh, taught about, or well, lightly covered when we learned about, you know, world artifacts of power when I was growing up. So, Golan, as you sit there thinking about it and thinking about it, the second he says items, it clicks. It's a part of the creation myth of Ardu. You see, when Bahamut and Tiamat wanted to overthrow the deities, they needed to f- destroy their power structure. And part of that was taking the former king of the Nine Hells, Asmodeus, and breaking him into seven distinct devils, each highlighting an aspect of mortal imperfection. They then took these devils and forged their souls into seven powerful items that helped forge Ardu into the the realm it is today. And these items are ancient before the Age of Fire, like long before the Age of Fire. 
and they have all been thought to have been lost to time, history, the sea, or what have you. But you only you don't you don't, you didn't know any specifics about them. You just knew that they were a thing. Basically, people would talk to them like talk about them like Excalibur, you know, like the Legends. maybe maybe it did exist, maybe it didn't exist. But when he says items, all that clicks in your head. Yurte, you you hold in your possession a. Uh, an item of myth and legend. You said there's a second half or a part missing. What did you mean? I'm truly not entirely sure. It's... He hasn't, should I say, well, you guys saw when I first had this sword and it was, you know, it just looked like a rusty old great sword. It's changed over time, I've noticed. I don't know much and, well... He doesn't talk a lot. Well, barely at all, but every once in a while, I was able to get info. Especially when I was near, you know, the others. How does he feel about them? You're okay, you get a very strong negative feeling coming from the sword when he mentions how he feels about them. Not good. Wow. It's amazing we even encountered them. Well, yes, extremely. And it is almost, you know... And you had one. I, I, uh... I'm starting to think so. And you lost it. <laughs> I, uh... But I do know where I can get it back. As I keep looking at the playing card. I'm kind of flipping it through my fingers. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the reason I acted so, uh, weirdly last night was also because, well, I lived in, well, Beth's little hut, and, uh, she was off at college, so we never actually knew of each other, like, saw each other, but, like, we you, knew of each other. Like, you never met she her? She was never on the farm while I was here. Not even for, like, holidays or nothing? Never. Never. Came back? I see why that situation was so awkward now. And uh, while, yes, I was looking for her goal, and I was just trying to be more of a, well, know where she is, so I didn't run into her until I was ready. Damn. For uh, I was the only one that survived this night. And, well, not many people will probably believe that, you know, demons destroyed a farm for no reason. But they should. I, uh, I believe you, Yurite. I believe you too, Yurite. I don't think you would ever kill the innocent. I, I did have a running theory that you did murder her family. As I kind of whisper that quietly. Do I hear that? Yeah. Well, I say it out loud, and it kind of yeah. And yeah. they're the only ones here. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say they heard that. I say it out loud, but then it kind of ends with a more of a whispered tone. So like you kind of like say it, and you're like, nah. Your take kind of just looks up, gives you a little dagger sight, and go, my family as well. I uh, and your take. You said your mission is to kill demons. 
Well, right. it's to kill those demons. The ones that held me captive all along ago. And I guess you could say started me on this path. They always talked about, you know, usually when something big happens, another big thing follows in the world. You know, cause and effect. I don't think it's just chance that items start appearing and the demon war is happening. I think we've seen a lot is aloof. We've seen a possible god come to life. I, uh... Are those markings hidden? On you? Yeah. No. They're very... <laughs> you are, are you wearing a shirt? Or, or just a cloak? Of, yeah, just your cloak and vest kind of thing. You wearing well, just would your it be high, hidden Come. by the vest? It's large across your chest. <laughs> oh, it's like oh. some of it might from be. shoulder to like yeah, almost hip. I, I don't wear a shirt. I, uh, as you could see, that God kind of left a mark. Patterns in nature and patterns in the universe do suggest that these events may well be connected, as you say. Sadly, I I think so. I was... I ran away, and I didn't go back to Kaltoka after my uh, event when I could have. Mostly because, one, I was uh, ashamed of what happened, and two, there was a... I guess you could say a lot of pressure on me growing up. They always, you know, treated me like I was something special. But I... I never feel special. Did the monks ever tell you where you might have come from? Nothing. It's where all golden dragonborns go. Except apparently, Urate over, uh, Krolten over here. <laughs> but, um, if you guys don't mind, I want to just take some time by myself and just uh just take a take a walk around. I'm kinda of taking everything in. I'll uh okay. take all the time you need, Yurite. I'll be in earshot. It's uh it can be up to you guys when uh you're ready to leave. I just I need like about an hour. Okay. And at this time Yurite's gonna just gonna collect all his stuff and put it all back and he's gonna you're gonna know kinda check out some buildings. Um he kinda he remembers, you know, which ones is which? Um, uh, roll uh, a d20 for me. Fifteen. Okay. I kind of look over at Golan, a uh, cracker joke. I make the any deep circuit. Uh, deeps. Uh, what? What do you want to say, Slayer? I any uh, deep scary uh, memories or secrets you're hiding from us too. Um, as I say, jokingly and mentally like, in your head, you just see that one. You're reminded of that one dream of your brother's head bleeding so much it filled the room with blood. <laughs> or I don't know, just seeing him all over the ship, like yeah. every person walking all those up to moments me. are yeah, like flashing yeah. in front of your face. Just cut to that. Cut to that. Cut to this nightmare. No, <laughs> I'm a okay. I'm back on my on my home turf. Come on, I uh, glad to hear that, mate. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. Ch I'm gonna take a walk around. Um, Yurte, as you're walking around, 
you go into the main hovel uh, where the mother and father lived and also where you guys ate. Um, as you're walking around, the table and everything there is broken for the most part. Um, chairs are smattered, burnt all over the place. The bedding is barely a thing. The mattress has been lit and destroyed. The frame is kind of caved in at the center. Um, and as you're shifting around, eventually you shift from sand to you feel something change under your foot. And you look underneath and you see a wooden latch. <laughs> you pop it open and you see a small leather bound tome sitting there. I'm gonna carefully reach for it and uh, pull it on out and whew, off some dust. You do that and you blow it off and you can see written in like graphite on the cover the journal of Silas Flatfoot how do you spell Silas? S-I-L-A-S yep cool I'm gonna I guess is it like latched closed or is it kind of just a book? It's just a book. Maybe like a slight bounding. Yeah, it, it's got it's got one like leather cord wrapped around it and tied off on the front. I guess I'm gonna uh, kind of just flip open to the first page. Okay, uh, give me a history check. I guess this would be general intelligence, which I think is it's the same. same. For you, yeah. yeah, it's a ten. A ten. So as you begin to flip through. You see that this is a journal of a young adventurer. First couple pages talk about how strange it is to be away from the family. How, you know, though he feels that his mission is righteous and that the, the wild father himself has sent him on a righteous path. He feels apprehensive to start his journey as he's just recently come into contact with some strange new people. Um, a dragonborn uh, who, oddly enough, talks or claims to talk to Tiamat, the dragon goddess. And a goliath who carries this large greatsword. Um, mentions how the two of them seemed like good drinking buddies, but... Uh, they talked about some weird stuff. He didn't write any details down. But the pages that you kind of get up to end with talking of him, thinking that they might be good to keep around, that Sylvanas might have put them in his path for a reason. And you can gather from this that this is the personal journey of the original Flatfoot to settle down in this hamlet. The one who brought the greatsword. Um, but you now have the personal journey journal of him in awesome. your inventory. Uh, during that hour where he's just kind of sitting there reading that, is there anything specific you two would like to do? No, I'm playing with the stick in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Crollton's just kind of like looking around, just walking around. Uh, give me perception checks, guys. 
Not you, of yeah. course, because you're yeah. reading. Colton would have heard a bit about you know the Hamlet. So. Yeah. First. Twenty-three. Natural twenty. Okay. For a total of twenty-four. We're both well aware. <laughs> so, as you guys are standing around, I just make one quick adjustment to something <laughs> to hide a bunch of people for this. Them. <laughs> and uh, and Tillman like... Slay E. Livingstone. That's what you <laughs> named your guy. You're you misspelled Slayer, buddy. You're a dummy. <laughs> Did I? Yep. Okay. I'm just like lurking in the shadows. As you guys are standing around and looking off into the distance, um, Golan, it piques your interest first. You can see, cresting over the horizon of a sand dune, you see four medium-sized shapes with these tall, triangular objects sticking out of them, heading in your direction. They're a decent distance away, but they are fast approaching. Is Slayer near me? Yeah, he can be. You can go find him. It's a small hamlet, so... Yeah, it's not... I find Slayer. in the dirt. Slayer, we may have company. I... What are you talking about? As I look up and... Something's coming. It's going to be here any second. I look up and I see it and I'm like... And uh, I see him approaching. Would I know what they are? Um... You... They kind of look like the, those ships that Ragnar pointed out, but very, like, much smaller. I, uh... Maybe we should grab Yurite real quick. Yeah, maybe maybe we should notify him real quick. Uh, Yurite. I, I start uh, making my way through the huts, just screaming Yurite's name. Yeah, same. Ah, uh, Yurite, you in here? I open up the next one. Y- Yurite will look over like a wall into one. Ah, Yurite, you in here? Yur- Yurite! Yurite! Like a montage. <laughs> Guys, it's like. Four buildings. Yeah, it's four buildings. You, <laughs> you poke your head into every single one, knowing which one he's in. And then you guys poke into, oh, there you are. You're seeing him sitting um, on the ground reading this journal. Um, she looks up at you guys. We have company. I uh, I think it's time to leave. What type of company? For unknown objects with triangle tops coming towards us, they will be here any second. Yurite hops up, close the book. Sack of holding. You see him just slide the book in, closes up, and he straps his great sword to his back, and he proceeds to walk right out. Whether you guys turn first or he just walks through you, he is. I'm fine with you walking straight through me. Headed right to like. I am as well. See what your right eyes after. are talking about. You walk right through us, and we follow out after, and we are outside. Your yeah. is walking with purpose. Okay, so you walk out and you see what they're talking about. Coming from the northern direction um, is four, I would say, uh, rowboat-sized ships with these sails on the top. Fast approaching. And as you guys see, they have bright red sails. And on the front, um, everyone give me a history check. 
knowledge. It's what I'm meant to do. Okay. Your day was ten. Nineteen. Seven. Okay, so Golan, you recognize the logo because you've been told many times that if you see this logo, it means trouble. You see the visage of a almost minimalist design of the visage of a hobgoblin on these sails. And you know this to be the land pirate crew, the Red Maggots. They sail the dunes of Alaye and they steal from travelers and dignitary ships all the time. It was one of the warnings that you got when you first crossed the desert is watch out for these people. Ah, uh, it's the Red Mags. Bandits. Land Aye. pirates. Nasty folk. Aye, I was about to say land pirates. They even have fake ships just like us. How should we proceed? Aye. You. How far away are they? They are getting closer while we speak. Yeah, as you speak, I would say they're probably about 200 feet, and they are going to be on you in within... You have two actions to do before they are on you guys. Aye, uh, you're to... You're Ted Crolton, up front with me. We're holding the line. Golan, fall behind. Try to drop some, maybe a fireball or two. Maybe even before they get here. I just send some fire. How wide was the uh, view on uh, reverse gravity? Was it 30 feet? Uh, look up the spell. Oh, 50 foot. Um, place your figures around where they would be standing. Um, this is not. Yeah, I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> Go on, you in the back. <laughs> Do you want to be in the front? <laughs> no, I'm in the way goddamn back, dude. <laughs> the way, way back. Fucking movie, dude. Hollywood. Hollywood. So, you guys look out and you see them. Anything else you guys would like to do, or are you just standing there waiting for them to Yurte get Yurte is gonna pull out his sword. Got it. And start readying his armor. Okay, so the armor begins to form. They are 200, 100, 50 feet away, and then I they hold. get. Yeah? I'm gonna hold my action. Okay, for what? Are they all in a clump? Uh, they are in four uh, separate boats. And just wait to see what they do when they, <laughs> Hold they on. get off. They're in four separate boats. Okay. So... Never ran from a flight. <laughs> Never. Like, pulls out. 16, 17, 18, 20. It's probably about to be a lot of guys on the folks. <laughs> I'm saying five per ship. We're about to add some fertilizer. Gotta make this crops grow again. Okay, so. Where's the. Excuse me. We're about to take out the weeds. Where is the. Uh... Ring? Yeah. You, like you, the ring of you, love. You know what time it is. Give me a sec. I'll get. Yeah. Okay. It's. <laughs> we need to get like a theme song for that. So. What time is it? 
Fireball. Is that, is that just what Golem plays any time he drops it? It's just, guess what? Fireball. Um, so you see approaching in these boats, uh, most of them with only one person in it, but two of them with two, uh, these hobgoblins, all dressed and adorned in these very light clothing um, with what looks to be uh, very thick armor underneath it. Um, but they have loose-fitting robes and things and, like, um, those wrapped-around turbans draped over their heads and that the ones that have, like, the uh, drapings that cover the back of the neck so the sun doesn't burn you and everything. Um, and they have these long scimitars. And one of them, this one right here in the uh, one of the center boats, is carrying a massive one on his back. Great sword level. Um, and you see them approach. What would you like to do as they approach, or would you like to wait for them to do something? Uh, your taste just gonna look back at Slayer and go, so, uh, quick game plan. Kill them all, talk later, talk first, then kill them all. I, uh, kill them all, and let's just pretend we weren't here. As you say this, then each sand glider comes to a stop. And then you see standing up from the back, that one with the large greatsword. Who are you and why do you enter the territory of the Red Magots? Name yourselves. Can I, because I said I was holding my action. Yeah, what are you holding it for? Can I throw a bolt of lightning at him? <laughs> Okay, so, every, uh, yeah, you know, that'll be the surprise round. Roll your attack. Um, he has to make a dex save just at him. Uh, yeah, whoever is speaking. Okay. So we yeah. said we wouldn't talk. Was it, was it the big boy? <laughs> he succeeds on his charisma save. So I'm going to use hits. a clockwork amulet for Okay, so it's a guaranteed scene. hit, so roll the damage. 18. Um, roll the... Lightning damage separate from the javelin damage. Separate? Okay, I get yeah. three other d6s. Because we're going to be having the lightning damage since he saved on his yes. throw. Just one. Alright, lightning damage first. That's okay. a nice one. 14. What? Dude, what is it? 14? Why did you guys do that? that? Seven. Got it. So um, one. You guys are so weird with these double rolls. Another two. Okay. Stop it. Um, so weird. Plus, might as well just keep the D6s um, Another seven on top of that. Got it. Okay, so a total of what, sixteen damage. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, something. So now I'm gonna need everyone to roll initiative as we are getting into it. No talking, just attacking. Good thing you have advantage, you you fucker, dude. That's one of the. It's nasty. Also, I have Joey's character looking in the shadows. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm re-rolling. Re-roll. Thank you. Much better. Can't believe I have the worst roll you can get. Okay, so... No. Ooh, Krolton got a nat 20. <laughs> Golan, what'd you get? Got an 18. Slayer, what'd you get? 21. 20. I'm always Zero going ten. first. 10. Dude, 
Okay, so. First up, we have Cruelton. He got a nat 20, so he's going first. He takes out his blade, looks at you, Yurita, and goes, Sir, do we keep these people from getting here? They are not allowed to step on this hamlet. He just cracks his neck. Aye, sir. And he just runs up. Five, ten, fifteen. And you just see him open his mouth and just goes, Get the fuck out. And that last word just transforms into a cone of fire overtaking the ship. So these two are going to have to make dexterity saving throws. First one fails. Second one fails. Uh, will you do me a favor and roll 3d8? Seven. Should have jingied it, bro. So they each take seven damage. The one in the front is looking rough. Like, it wasn't expecting it. <laughs> it starts patting out a lot. It's just, oh, oh, oh. But... The other one in the back is looking unfazed as it just flicks some of the fire off. Uh, Krolten is then going to five, let's see, he has ten more feet of movement, and he's going to use that to hop on top and make one more attack against the hobgoblin in the front. He gets a 14, which does not hit. As he goes down, it brings up this shield and just stops the uh, blade from making impact. Next up, Slayer, you're on. Hmm? What are their names? Flatfoots. Flatfoots. Alright, um, I'm going to rage and immediately charge and as I pass your tail, I scream, I for the Flatfoots! Uh, what's your rage going to be? Uh, actually, as you go to rage, the, the marking on your chest flashes, and a searing pain comes over you. You take six points of psychic damage. Okay. And your claws activate forcefully. And your red claws... As a free blows. action, can I yell? As it's just a free action, can I yell at Slayer? What are you yelling? Slayer, don't run up on them just yet. <laughs> Too late. You curl Tanzari up there. Uh, 25, okay. 30, 35. You could use your spots, right? And they're up on a boat, so it's about oh, 10 feet up, but since you're with your climbing speed, it's easy enough to hop up. Um, can I stay on the ground and just use the distance my tail, since I can reach? Your tail didn't activate. Fuck the your claws. Your claws activated Fuck forcefully. Fuck the claws. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I can get up on the ship? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's literally Easy my enough max. To get there, That's yeah. my max movement. Um, and I guess I will go in with the claw attacks on this big ass creature. Got it. Make your first one. Oh shit, I haven't used claws in forever. The D's. It's plus eight, I think. Yeah, Four twelve. Twelve doesn't hit as it goes, and you now see the heavy plate armor this guy is wearing underneath his light clothes. What'd you get? 
Oh, the second claw just showed even more plate armor. It's yeah, just a just fast one, too. Clawed another one. Uh, this one is the uh, third, the Claw yep, of Malar. Yep, Claw of Malar. Uh, nine plus eight. Doesn't hit. Again, as you are wow. striking against any... This time he takes his shield and just blocks it. Is that your turn? Yeah, that'll be my turn. He just looks down at you and goes, Now I'm going to show you how it's done, pussycat. He takes out his... Uh, great sword, and he's going to be making three attacks against you. First one is a unnatural 20 to hit. Yep. Second one, natural 19 to hit. Yep. Last one is a nat 20. Yep. <laughs> I'm just gonna... <laughs> I'm just gonna... <laughs> Dude. So. Just, I'm just, uh, I don't know you to look. Oh my god. So the first one does. It is within five feet of an ally. So on the first one, it deals uh, initially 14 half to 7 slashing damage. And because it's within five feet of an ally, it's going to use its martial advantage to deal an extra. 12 damage, half to 6 you're, to you. You're coming so to hell. Uh, that's the first attack. 13. Yep. Second attack is 9 halved to... What would that be? 4. 4 damage. And the final one, the nat 20, <laughs> that is... That's going to be way worse. 19 halved to 9 slashing damage. On the final one. As he just takes his greatsword and one cut, two, and three decisive just slashes into you and you are taken back by how much he is getting onto you right now. Next up, Golan, you're up. (sighs) Dude. Not that bad till Golan kills you. <laughs> do what you're gonna do. You motherfucker. <laughs> can't see. Also, yeah, you can't see that point. There's a house in the way of that. Well, how much is the house is rubble? I would say it is just barely past Golan in height wise. Not quite 10 feet up, but I would say probably around still at least minimum 5 feet in the shortest area. Hmm. And this little patch here are the markers. You can, you know, sidestep to get a better view. Hmm. Come on, what are you doing? We're just charge out with your You sword. got six seconds, my guy. Yeah. All right. Does your character stall? I'm, I'm going to get an hourglass 10, 15, if we keep doing this. 20, we're just going to start using it. 25. 30? Okay. Would I be able to see that? Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drop a fireball like this. Oh, Oh, fair enough. If he hits like the back of the ship. Okay, uh, give me an Arcana check to see if you can maneuver it to get behind one of those ships. I'm just saying. 
That's your best. It, it's very you can, That's but it's very in like it's it's a hard shot. You need practice. Yeah, it's a hard shot to make. So give me an Arcana check. I uh, I wrote down a joke last week that I never said, and that's what's going to drop first: your first fireball or your balls. Oh my god! Woo! That's too. Would hard. you like to know my roll? Yes, please. That's I got hard. a twenty-three. Twenty-three. Yeah, no problem. You <laughs> toss this fireball up, and it just goes soaring, and then <laughs> explodes. What do they have to make? It's a. Do you see what dexterity? Save? Dex. 16. So, for this guy, natural 20, he succeeds. This guy, uh, that will be a 15. Fail. 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 So we have one success, the rest are failures. Give him some d6. Roll some damage! How many more do you need? Two, four, five. I need three more. Ooh. Dude. Let's go and make some. Uh... Oh, I like that rolling. Ooh. Nice. Well, 18. 24. 29. Right? These would be twos. I have an elemental thing. Twenty nine. Twenty nine damage. Twenty nine fire damage to all but that one guy who gets half. And half of twenty nine is fourteen. Yeah. Uh. So cooked, cooked, <laughs> cooked, cooked. So you, as this fireball, just. Settles. You see those two sailboats completely on fire. All of a sudden, whatever magic was keeping them afloat just doosh, drops them into the sand. As you hear, <laughs> and these hobgoblins are cooked alive. Um, but you uh, see, still standing there, the the main guy, the heavy hitter, who just <laughs> flicks off some of the fire. Um, he said it was total twenty nine. We haven't had a good fireball drop in a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. But you kill basically all of the other hobgoblins that were Yes, here. sir. They needed to burn. Yes, and... Uh, they had to burn. Yes. yes. I like to hear that. As you just hear a re reaffirming... Just echoing in your head. Um, is that your turn? So, uh, after you are... No. going to be all those. Oh, yeah. Change my mind. Okay. Use my bonus action. Oh, wait, it's two spells, right? Uh, if it's a cantrip, what, what do you want to do? I was going to cast Hex, but it's a first spell. That's level. a spell, yeah. Never mind. Turn over. Okay, so next up would have been all those hobgoblins, but they just got, uh, they just got cooked. Bye-bye. But one of them is still standing. It's going one. to... 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Run up at the nearest target, which is you, Yurite. And it's just going to let out a... As it runs at you with a greatsword. Uh, that is only an 8. Oh, so close. So it goes, and by the time your armor is already up, and it swings down, and... Ting! 
And though it's not, your armor's not made of metal, it feels like it hit metal and just, uh, like, shakes it a little bit and goes, ah! That's its entire turn. It only gets one attack. You're a You're up. <laughs> <laughs> just looks down it's the been... poor hobgoblin. After a fireball has been dropped. You poor fool. And I just drop the greatsword on him. Give me attacks. Oof. Uh, 14. That doesn't hit. It brings up its shield and... Unnatural 20. That one, as its shield blocks, you just spin the sword around. And key point now, you know that black gauntlet? Yeah. It is now red hot. Just flames flicking off of it. Fire now, instead of shadows, are emitting from the flames. As you feel this anger towards this hobgoblin is something new, something righteous in your chest, and you hear Harn almost reaffirm it. They invaded our home! And you feel this righteous flame ignite inside of you, and you cut through this guy and just roll damage. <laughs> they don't have many hit points. I'm assuming this is a great weapon master. Yeah, so your, base, got base. your base 15 is enough to kill it, but let's just see what no. harm does to him. Let's roll a damage. Yeah, these hobgoblins, they don't have a lot of HP. And They're also, I've hit. learned from building my character, I can re-roll ones and twos in my damage die because of my martial ability. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so plus six to the fifteen, so okay, the twenty-one. Yeah. yeah, this more than just absolutely decimates him. As you see, piece. the body just get cut in half, and then the soul just gets sucked into Harn, and a little bit of that red-hot flame just begins to coalesce from the blade itself. I like flame. Top like of the flame. order, Kroll ten. Wait. Uh, ooh, yes. I'm actually going to. Uh, I wouldn't be able to actually get on that reach him. You wouldn't be able to get on top now, but you'd be able to get get his ankles. (laughs) There's a um, five, ten, fifteen, I'm gonna move twenty-five feet over here. Okay. And then I'm gonna pop my action surge to then use a breath attack. You only used one attack. The new draconic races, you can use. Um, until Fizzman drops... No, I drops. used two because the first one missed. Oh, that's right. Okay. Action surge, breath attack. Got it. He has to make a dex save. Of 15. He fails. That's what I like Roll to the hear. 3D. He's a failure. Um, D8s, D8s, D8s. Ooh. 13. 13. Nice. All this fire getting up in his face, he is not looking happy one bit. Is that all? That is my turn, yes. Okay, Krolten now is going to look, and he is going to charge right on up, get next to him, hop over the dead charred body of that one hobgoblin, just go, oh, oh shit, don't want to touch that. And he's going to be making uh, two strikes against the chief. That is a 21 on the first to hit. And then a Kroll 10 crit. Woo! We love it. Love it. Love to see it. That's great. So for the first one, that is 5 plus 4, 9 damage. And on the second one, 
of less damage, eight damage on it. He rolled a two on the die. <laughs> um, but he goes and cuts deeply into this hobgoblin, and he's starting to look really rough. Next up, we have you, Slayer. I, looking at my red call, knowing I'm stuck with it, I just go in for okay. a couple claw attacks at his face. First one, a f- 12. Doesn't hit. Yep, I figured. <laughs> Unnatural 20. That does make it through. I'm just going to roll, just to see. And then a 19 for the red. Doesn't make it through. That one just really? gets stopped and <laughs> hits up against his shield. You see it would hit, but he's just too quick with his shield and blocks the red claw before it can strike. Um, 10 damage. Got it. Okay, he's looking really rough as you stab into him. He just <laughs> coughs up blood into your face. Messy, messy deal. Next up is his turn. He is just seeing the situation. He's just going, Damn it! Roar! And he's going to start uh, just wailing on you, Slayer. Of course. Three attacks. That is a 25. Yep. <laughs> that hits. A 14. Misses. And a 23. Hits. I need my D6s. Right here. And my metal one. Right, oh, right there as well. So, first one does... 7 slashing damage to you. Halved. Halved to three. Uh, 3. And then the second one deals... The same, three. That's already halved, so. Um, okay. Uh, next up, Golan. Golan is up. Golan's gonna go five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. That is technically the boat. Yeah, so it's, it's 10 feet of movement to climb up. Or an athletics check, if you want to give me that instead. Go back. <laughs> going back. Going back. Rewind! Let's go 5, 10, 15. I can see him, right? Yeah. yeah. Good old-fashioned... Really not. Actually, first... Very fast. I'm going to um, I'm going to cast hex on him. Okay. I'm gonna hex. Um, do strength. Okay. So you open up your book, and from it you cast hex, and this small little spark flies out from the pages and <laughs> clings itself to him, and you see it kind of cling to his muscles and pull a little bit of his essence and his vitality out of it. And from the same book, you see the runes and the fiery runes form spells. But isn't it still casting a spell, dude? Even if it's from the book, it's still casting a spell. You can do another thing that's an action that's like a cantrip. Yeah, that's fine. That's why I have Eldritch Blast. Yup. (laughs) So roll your two Eldritch Blast attacks. Uh, thirteen doesn't hit. Uh, unnatural twenty. That does hit. So roll damage on that one. So beastie. Well, Eldritch Blast. No, him. Or him. 20. Oh, yeah. He's he's wearing full plate armor underneath his loose-fitting clothing. I did forget about that. I didn't cut off his clothes. It's only one. You only hit with one, so it's only 1d10. 
Yeah. And he did a D6. And a D6. Oh, D6. Oh, I two D10. Oh. No. Yeah. Um, Zero is a 10. Yeah. 14. 14 plus plus five. five. So 19, 19 damage. And I push him 10 feet. How you want to do this? Push him over. No. <laughs> I punch a hole straight through his head. Yep. So you line up your Eldritch Blast. The hex on. You just begin speaking these words in primordial. What? 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 These two concussive forces burst from your hands. One flies off the side as it pings against his shield. But as he brings his arm up, it leaves his face wide open for the second one to knock through him, carrying him 10 feet up and off the boat. And he stumbles, falling, tumbling off the boat, lying there dead. And it was blasted with such concussive force, it cauterized the wound through the head as there is no blood. Clean kill. And it also that is how it's done. Moment seems to settle down. These boats seem to just float there with this faint magical aura at the base, minus the two that are burned down, and the other one that is slowly burning down. But Crolton's like patting out the fire. Um, what would you guys like to do? Yerte is just going to walk over kind of by the rubble. Uh, if there's like a plank of wood, he's going to kind of just rip off a piece of wood. Mm, you and then he's just going to proceed over to the barrel area. And then next to Adolph's, he's just going to take his sword and just plant it and expend the charge, kind of making a hole. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> makes like a little small little dead zone of earth that becomes easier to shift and move. And then he just plants the plank of wood, kind of starts patting it so it's firm. And starts etching into it. Okay. You guys? Um, I'm kind of more at the unburned pirate ships, looking to see what... Give me investigation checks. Land pirates. I climb one up and I inspect my kill. Got it. (laughs) Give me investigation checks if you are looting and... And and then I turn to Slayer and I'm like, uh, was that not great? I, uh... You could do better. Uh, You don't really find much on the boats. Um, It seems that on these these two that were left unburned, uh, A, it would take you a a long time to search both of them. Um, And B, it seems like some of the valuables might be on the burned ones. Anything belonging to a turtle, possibly? Uh, With your score, you don't find anything. Of that. What'd you get? Uh, 15. 15? Um, searching the Hobgoblin's leader, uh, you find about 100 gold pieces and 50 silver. Um, his greatsword is a plus one greatsword. Um... And he has this very nice decorative plate armor underneath his clothing. But yeah, all you find on him is gold, the greatsword, and his armor. I snagged that gold. Okay. So, uh, Yurte, what are you etching? So, on the plank in Draconic, it now reads, Let this be a warning that Yurte... Rodekin Flatfoot lives. 
just next to it there. Got it. Um, during this time, I'm actually going to be switching cloaks. I still have my water cloak on from, you know, mm-hmm. from before. So I'm putting back on my captain's cloak. Okay. So. And, oh. and then if we have time, he'll just kind of walk over. Yeah. And then, you, did you touch the great sword or the uh, plate armor? No, I left them there. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to point, kind of like, not really taking close look enough yet, but he's going to go to Krolth and be like, that plate armor wouldn't happen to fit you at all, would it? I mean, it looks like it could be my size, sir. He, uh. he starts rummaging over and he's going to go try it on and goes, huh! Ching, 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 Yeah, it works. It's loud, though. Ah, oh, well, when we know we are, it's okay to be loud. It might be useful. Uh, so Krolth then is now going to be making the switch to plate armor. Wow. Uh, sir, do you want this, his sword? Uh, we'll take it. It's this, basically, it's like a scimitar just, just. enlarged. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it, and that kind of just gets slid into the bag of holding. I Carlton. A new shield She's and a new suit of armor. It's oh, been nice. a very, very great day for me. I killed five of the six pirates. Liam Pirates. And some poor fool thought it would be a good idea to rush your attack. Yeah. <laughs> some <laughs> idiot. Not bad. He should have just ran. He had his own ship to himself. That was not all fire. Dolan, Dolan was not messing around with one. pirates, dude. He was not fucking up. Okay, so what would you guys like to do from here? Would you like to start your trek back? If you guys are ready... I am ready. I would say after this whole event, it's probably just past midday. We can either stay here and just leave in the morning, or we can start our journey, make some distance, set up camp, and then proceed on. What do you guys think? I I say we we start now. Get a half day's or half day. I'm with the captain. Okay. Almost like <laughs> comedically. So you guys all hop on to your Draco steeds and make your way back to Ogeron. The second, half, the second half of the day goes by uneventful. Eventually the moons rise and you guys set up the tiny hut like before, the immovable rod to make sure the steeds don't go anywhere. Anything you guys would like to do specifically at the end of the day? Um... Actually, yes. Okay. Uh, I imagine your taste just gulking outside like he normally does. Oh, yeah. He's in full brooding mode. I uh, I go up to him, and I kind of ask him if he wants to talk over to the side. Your taste? I, 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 uh, I had something to ask you. You know, now that I am uh, captain and... I'm no longer first mate. I I have to find a new one. As we all know, Zebrath will stay quartermaster. She's very, very good at that. And uh, after today and you opening up at the Hamlet, I, I wanted to see if you wanted to be the first mate of the Huntsman. Yurte takes a deep breath considering the bomb that was kind of just, you know, of responsibility that you kind of just plopped at him. 
kind of just looks you up and down, you know, realizing that you're, you're seriously asking him this, and he'll go, Slayer, it is definitely a big responsibility you, uh, you are putting in front of me. But, uh, if you wish, I will, I will do my best. I, uh, we need a warrior to lead us, and I used to be that warrior as the first mate, and I see, I see it in you as well. Well, I'll, uh, <laughs> thank you. I will do my best. I, and, uh, maybe we'll find some demon pirate chips that we can, you know, burn and kill everything inside. That would be all I would ask. <laughs> okay. So, uh, if that is all for the Girl night. <laughs> I, uh, I do some reading. Okay, what are you going to be reading? What do you think? Okay, give me... <laughs> give me a d20 roll, add your spellcasting ability modifier and your proficiency bonus. So charisma and proficiency added to this roll. Let's see. Because I'm remembering, you know, like, fucking crazy fucking dream I had. I met my great-grandfather. Shit was crazy. Twenty-five. Okay. So. As you... You made the dome, and uh, Slayer and Yurte are yeah. out talking. Krolten is tending to the horses, or the Draco steeds. And you're just sitting there reading the book since you can't leave the dome after it's been made. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah. Um, That's true. That's... You're sitting there... And reading. And you get past where you had left off. The banishment of Urzella. And just a refresher, you remember Urzella was described as being a warm light that kept the planet heated. Kept life burning with desire and passion. And she was banished. Unjustfully. By the Raven Queen. The way the book depicts the Raven Queen is not of a hero like you saw in the depictions in that temple, but of a usurper. A rebellious upstart deity that decided to mold the material plane. And as you get deeper into the book, you hit the part where it becomes more editorial than it is purely fact and written history. You get to a section where someone begins to speak of the wonders and grace of Rosella. The powers brought forward by pious action, devotion to her cause. And then you start getting to know what that cause is. Urzella doesn't want to be on the plane of fire. 
No, she wants to spread the warmth of that plane to the material plane as well. And the book writes as though everyone should experience this warmth. Everyone should get to know the warmth of Rosella and the greatness that she has. And then you get to a portion of almost a call to action. Gather the fellow elves, the fellow arcanists that you can and begin researching into ways of bringing the great phoenix back. And this gets you about halfway through the book before blank again. And each page is empty. And I'm going to have to borrow that. I will give this back to you next session. Okay. But that is what you get from the book. After reading that, he closes it. And uh, Golem plays his new instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a performance check. Twenty-two. Okay. Yep, you guys hear from the dome a very pleasant plucking tune going. and On a lot of strings. Yeah. A lot of different strings, like... 13, You've never played 14? this before, but you are getting the hang of it. Definitely. It's basically like, almost like where like the strings basically become like a piano. Yeah. In a way, where you're like just plucking like almost like a straight piano. Um, But is there anything else you guys would like to do before you bed down? That's if that is all? I play. Dorote would probably just read a little bit more of the journal. Okay. But... Um, Reading a bit more of the journal, you basically are just at a section of early adventuring days with this new group. Um, the Goliath is definitely one that this person butt heads with, doesn't talk fondly of them at all. The Dragonborn, on the other hand, seems to be, though talk, though mentioned in an annoying fashion, liked more than the Goliath as the Goliath. As the writer seems to hate the Goliath's impulses, their reckless behavior, and their tendency to get them in trouble with law enforcement of local areas. As dragonborns are already hard enough to negotiate with when you're not one of them. But having one that is a hothead and a Goliath to boot isn't necessarily the best. Toot. But uh, you finish reading off and eventually drift off to sleep. And as you do, Yerte, you are brought to, honestly, the only way to put it, inside the blade. As your mind focuses in and you see, once again, the flaming visage of Harn, him standing before you. Good. With them on our side. We will be finding my brother much faster, and we shall save or kill my siblings. I had the same thought. And this rage I felt of those trespassers was new. It felt righteous 
It felt proper. I like the burning more than the darkness I feel. More of that, Yarte. Give me more of that. Um, and you would just feel that sensation of anger again, though it's calming, weirdly enough. But you feel that righteous fury inside of you as you drift off into sleep. Golan, you wake up in the hallway that you were so abruptly closed off into. You look to see where the library originally stood. Hallway ends. Instead of three doors, you see four. One, two, three, and four in front of you. One seems to be partially open. The rest closed. What do you do? I go for the partially open door. You open up the door and you see the library that you were previously in. And you see sitting there the female. Let me pull up the book with her name. Where is it? So the, green the first, um, yes, the first wielder. The first wielder. Green. Writer of the book. Blue. Uh, but this is what you see. What do you do? I walk up to her, and I say, um, I've read further into the book now. Then you are ready for the second chapter. Is what we really want for Urzella to come and, you know, have everyone feel her warmth? But what does that mean? Bellafor closes the book she was reading. A stern look on her face. You don't wish to share Arzello's fire? She puts down the book on her desk and stands up. Golan, my child, my foolish, foolish, foolish brood. You are one of few chosen throughout history to even withstand her touch. Why would you not want to share that blessing with everyone else? Look, she was not just the great phoenix of the elemental plane of fire. She was the warmth and the light of the material plane until the Raven Queen put her in a cage why do you wish to cage beauty, Golan? The warmth. You do not wish to cage birds from flying or the dragons in the sky. So why cage the phoenix that warms the material plane? Go to the second chapter and learn from one of her most devout 
read on. There is a darkness that falls upon the world. Events on the material plane, almost coordinated, are shedding darkness and evil upon the masses. Rosella's fires can bring light to the darkness, Golan. Her flames can drive them deep back into the abyss where they came from. Yes. Her fire can help cure and purify the world as fire truly does. Yes. The cleansing warmth of fire will cleanse and purify Ardu and all of the material plane. Continue reading. And she puts her hand on your cheek and the door rushes to your front and <laughs> closes in front of you. And you are pulled out of that dream into darkness. And you all wake up as the dome <laughs> drops. Irite, you had a little extra sleep this morning. But you all wake up. The Draco steeds are all fresh. Coffee for the morning. What'd you get? Ten. It's that average. Desert coffee. Average desert coffee. <laughs> so, you guys hop on the Draco steeds <laughs> and begin making your way back to Ogeron. Let me get two D6 rolls for the total travel. What'd you get, Todd? Five. Five? Okay. Five. Okay. <laughs> you guys have clear travel and clear weather. Ooh, it's not on. too hot, and it is perfect as you go. Bravo. You guys are actually getting a bit of the breeze from the ocean as you decide to travel a bit closer to the shoreline as you can. And as you approach the city and enter into the stables of the Bronze Citadel, dropping off your Draco steeds, I think that will be a good point to end tonight's session. <coughs> I have had that for like 10, ten minutes building. So, thank you all for listening to this session of RTFD Tales of Piracy. Ralnor will be joining us again soon. Joey just wasn't feeling super well, and he's going to be away for the next recording session, too, if we have that, um, depending on schedules and whatnot. But anyway, that doesn't matter, because it's all pre-recorded. Uh, thank you all for listening uh, to us. Find us on Instagram at RTFDDND. Um, listen to AC Delvers on Twitch. Um, and as just quick side note, Fizzbin Treasury Dragons will be coming out in the following weeks between this and next session. So, world lore, things like that might be tweaked slightly to fit some of the new stuff that's coming out with it. But, honestly, won't be major changes to Ardu as a whole. <coughs> you guys got anything you want to say? Shoutouts? Anything, anything, anything. I always ask, but there will be never anything. One day there will be. One day there will be. But yes, as always, join us again next time. Thank you.